the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, for everyone that's listening, if you like the bumper music Bill is playing, you basically, I need you to call Seth next week and insist that his basically late 1950s, am I being too cruel about this? (laughs) Oh, all right. This is David Schweikert. Um, I am blessed to be the congressman for North Phoenix, Scottsdale, um, Fountain Hills, Carefree, Cave Creek. Um, but I and I was just talking to someone on the phone, um, and I, I was trying to explain to him, you know, the size of the congressional district. I go from the Fort McDowell tribal community all the way to functionally Forty Third Avenue. So if you're standing in the middle of the intersection at Forty Third Avenue and Glendale, you're still in Congressional District Six. So you go from a couple of the wealthiest zip codes in the Southwest to some classic, hardworking men and women. Um, and my wife and I, we did a bunch of walking of those neighborhoods out beyond around Metro Center last election, met uh, so many just great people and repeatedly had this. Well, you're the first Republican ever to be standing at our door. And we've always voted for Democrats. But this election cycle is the first time we're voting for Republicans. Um, I love to walk door to door. It is sometimes terrifying and you get to meet everyone's dog, and many of them like to like nip at you, and you meet so many wonderful people, and you find out that there's so many of us who you open the door, and there may be a different race, you know, different this, different that, and for most people, we actually want the same thing. We just, particularly those who you know, who are in the conservative or lean, more libertarian leaning side, we have to get off our backsides and show up and talk to people and let them know we care, but also that we have a plan that makes their lives better, makes the country more prosperous, makes their kids' lives better, and, and that's my fixation here. And I and I know this is different than normal talk radio where we would talk about Afghanistan or the latest foibles of the president. But the next segment we're about to talk about, I'm going to hurt some feelings here. And, and, and I'm not doing it out of meanness. I'm doing it out of, I'm tired of seeing us get scammed on the conservative side. Um, how many of you have ever heard the term conservative industrial complex? This is a term that is joked about back in Washington, D.C., where you have all these national brand conservative groups that are going to pound on your mailbox, your email, your you know text message saying, please send us money. How many of you have ever heard of the term scam pack? Most folks in the Republican conservative movement have no understanding of how much of our money that we contribute thinking we're having an impact, is functionally being stolen. It's 
the, uh, give you an example. The other day, because I, I went and looked it up because I had never heard of them before. It was, and I'm going to get the name wrong, but it was like Seal Pack, you know, for conservatives, such and such. And I looked them up, and they had raised about $3.5 million. And almost every single dime went to the mail house and the political consultant. I think they had put out like $35,000 to help candidates around the country. Is that about helping conservatives? Or is it about, hey, this is a backdoor way for us as a political consultant or as a mail house to make lots and lots of cash? And you give your 50 bucks and you wonder where it went. Well, it went to basically buy someone a new car or a new house. And there's some really interesting examples of this. Um, it's been a few years ago. I still keep it on my phone to show individuals. If you're listening and, and want to get your head around some of this, go look up a Politico article from a few years ago called How We Killed the Tea Party. And it's a lawyer who is helping set up all these scam packs. And he basically, he felt so guilty, he finally told the story of the Tea Party movement comes about in 2010. It is going to functionally evangelize around the country, fiscal conservatism, a voice for people that actually care. And dozens of Dozens of these little packs start to pop up saying, help us do this. Help us do that. Send us your money. Send. And he basically explains most of these were groups that were nothing more than a political consultant, a mail house, taking your money and buying stuff for themselves. That almost none of that money ever went out to move the Tea Party, the conservative, the fiscal sanity movement forward. And his theory is we they bled so much of the Tea Party movement from its money that the movement functionally dried up because people kept writing checks. They kept writing checks. They kept writing checks, and they never saw something happening. And, and I beg of you, when you get something in the you know, email, text message, um, in your mailbox, and it's from a group you don't really know, vet it. You know, there's places you can go uh, on the Internet. You, you can go and look up and say, how much of – if I send them $50, how much of that actually goes for the cause and how much of it just goes back into more fundraising? You do realize groups like – do you remember a few years ago the Stop Hillary Pack? I mean, we, they had billboards here in the Phoenix area. Today, um, you look back and you wonder where the hell all that money go? Because they raised millions and millions and millions. They were on television. They were on radio. They were on billboards. Well, today, if you want to run for office, they'll rent you their list. And that's how they turned it into this profit-making venture because they obviously weren't running ads to stop Hillary. Um, you get these pop-ups on your text messages. You know, this is a survey. Give us your email address and tell us what a crappy job Biden's doing. You know, no one ever reads those surveys. What they're doing is collecting your email address to basically build a list so they can sell the list. We need to grow up. Why do liberals run their campaigns professionally? 
with discipline. When they when the left contributes, they use things like that act blue that they have a you know the muscle of hundreds of thousands of small contributors. The conservative side, I think it's – is it because we have so many entrepreneurs that we also have a bunch of entrepreneurs that are scammers? It breaks my heart when I go to a meeting and I have someone who – this is a living example. The woman's 88. I know she's struggling on 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 a fixed income and her Social Security and she loves to tell me about all the groups she's helping and you're having to bite your tongue because the majority of the groups she's sending money to are scam packs. They're stealing the money. That money is never helping a conservative cause. Please be careful because we can win. And we're going to talk about what we do to start winning as a movement. And there's this thing called political economics. And it's not the political economics you were taught in school it's more about what actually works. And this is where we're going to hurt some more people's feelings. But the left has figured out they win elections by putting people in neighborhoods, by knocking on doors, by granny harvesting, which we're going to talk about how that works. The number of times last election cycle, and I'm guilty. You know, I'm one of them, too. I would take my wife, my five-year-old daughter, and we'd go stand on a corner, and we were waving flags at the traffic, and the traffic's honking at us, and we're having a great time. And it turns out the neighborhood right behind us, five or six Democrats are walking door-to-door actually talking to persuadable voters. We have a couple hundred people standing on corners waving at traffic. And the Democrats have five people talking to persuadable voters. And in reflection, they were doing smart politics. We were engaging in a social activity. We need to start deciding, do we keep going to more and more meetings to talk to each other? Or do we turn that valuable time into finding people we can persuade, we can tell our story to, and get them, help them to move to start voting the right way? And we're going to talk about this because – and we gotta we gotta decide: Are we becoming a social party? And I don't mean socialist social, where we like to go to meetings and talk to each other. Are we about saving the country and winning elections? This is David Schweikert. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. I think I have Bill almost convinced that this is much better bumper music. Um, this is David Schweikert, and I'm blessed to be filling in um, for Seth. Uh, I represent North Phoenix from basically Fort McDowell, tribal community to 43rd Avenue, um, Carefree, Cave Creek, Fountain Hills, Town of Paradise Valley, um, you know, almost all of Scottsdale except for a little tiny sliver at the very bottom. Um, grew up here, went to Saguaro High School. Uh, I'm a devil um, you know, this is home, and and I, I can never express how blessed and thankful I am. Um, you know, the dear God, the Lord has treated myself and my family quite well. Um, but it's also with that that you feel the weight of the world on you. And for anyone that's listening, do you care about critical race theory being taught to your kids? Do you care about 
um, the left that now controls the Democrat Party taking us to a debt crisis, which in many ways, when that happens, they will gain dramatically more power to functionally socializing the economy, a planned economy. I mean, all the you know things that just a few years ago were almost impossible to imagine. And they're racing at this at incredible speed. What's the most powerful way and how do you actually stop it? Yeah, it's the right thing. You go to the school board meeting and you have your voices heard. But I'm going to argue that the real solution was a year or two earlier or maybe today for the next election cycle. We need to win. You want to change Congress? Because remember, Congress is a the House of Representatives is a majoritarian body. The moment the Democrats have the majority votes, they strip away the minority. That says the Republicans. They don't let us. They, they take away our ability to have amendments. They take away our motions to recommit, to have procedures, to do these things. They just change the rules. If I get one more person that says, well, why can't you people fight this? We fight it every day. We hold press con- – the Freedom Caucus, we hold press conferences like every other day and no one shows up to cover them because we're not in the majority. In many ways, we're howling at the moon because ultimately winning the election is how you exercise power in this country. And if your first instinct was, well, but they're going to cheat, um, I'm going to argue we're going to get smarter. We're going to get more professional. We're going to learn how to win. And where this comes from is last election cycle, uh, my wife and I, we were helping someone, a friend, um, run for a school board seat. And before it got started, you know, she she wants to run for a school board seat. You know, we basically said, okay, here's some of the basic things you have to do. Um, Have you looked at your social media? Have you done anything crazy there? If not, do you need to clean that up? Hey, you know, how about how you dress? I mean, how do we communicate? Um, Hey, what are the talking points? Have you been going to school board meetings for the last year? Are you have you become an expert on the budget? Have you become an expert on the other members of the? And it was. More, I have a visceral dislike of something, and so I'm going to run. And my argument is become a professional, even if it's the sanitary district you're about to run for. Because think about this. We control the state legislature. When I say we, I mean Republicans. By functioning what? A single vote. You ask yourself, is Arizona a conservative state? Well, let's take a look. We have nine members of Congress. Five are Democrat, four are Republicans. Our two U.S. senators are Democrats and one dramatically more liberal than the other. Um, We've got to deal with the reality. How are we getting outplayed? And my personal theory is it's a level of professionalism, understanding what it takes to actually win. And that basically means if you want to run for school board, please, we need you. The teachers union should not be allowed to control our school districts here across the state of Arizona. But if you're going to do it, deal with it like you would 
setting up your starting your business. Do your research. Do you know who gives money? Do people running for school you know, board in your area? Um, do you have friends and families that are going to help you? Uh, have you been going to district meetings, the PTO meetings? Have you? Do you understand the budget? Have you cleaned up your social media? If you had a evening where you were very, very cranky and you said crazy things, maybe you should re- remove those because that's what's happened to a number of candidates here in Arizona where the other side researches them, finds crazy things, and then uses it to blow them up. How about even down to understanding that before a a voter is going to pay attention to your words, you have to sort of respect and understand them and make a presentation that that that's absorbable. It can't be a tirade. You need to be respectful because particularly the majority of Arizonans, they're just trying to survive. They're trying to take care of their families. They're, they're trying to have enough time to get food on the table. You know, they're racing from one thing to another. And that's part of the arrogance of those of us who often are in public life. Um, if you're listening to this show, you're part of a very unique population. You're that population that, that, that's tuned in. You understand what's going on. You understand politics. You understand you're also not the population that wins elections. It's that per- family across the street from you that votes and tunes into the election about 48 hours before they have to s- send in their ballot. That's the people we have to find a way to learn to talk to, that we have to become trusted by, and they need to learn to rely on you. And part of my comment earlier about what is political economics – Give you a good example. There are a number of Republican women's clubs here in our community that are a godsend to the conservative movement. They they do lots of work. But when it's an election year, I want to pitch them a concept of you have two hundred, you know, or, or let's say a hundred individuals show up for your meeting. You're there for two hours. That's two hundred man hours basically to listen to speeches. Could you imagine if instead of doing the typical club meeting, you had those 200 man hours saying, we're going to show up and make phone calls. We're going to write letters. We're going to clean up the database. Turn it into something that actually wins elections instead of being a social get-together. we got to stop the social get-togethers. we got to get in our neighborhoods. we got to be in that family across the street. And let them know we care and that we are, our philosophy is, the path to their future prosperity. It's David Schweikert, and I'll talk to you again in a few minutes. Do you think we'd be better off if Seth isn't listening? Um, you think he's pulling his hair out right now with what we've done to his show? It's possible. <laughs> um, for everyone that's listening, it's David Schweikert. I am blessed to be the member of Congress for North Phoenix from Fort McDowell all the way over to 43rd Avenue, Carefree, Cave Creek, Town of Paradise Valley, most of Scottsdale. Um, and we're doing something a little different. My argument keeps coming back to if you care about 
the issues. If you care about Afghanistan, you care about, you know, the, some of the craziness in regards to vaccinations and all these other things that are going on around us. Having a voice that represents you in the city council, in the, the school board, in the state legislature, the county, it, it, for those of us in Congress, we have to learn to win elections. And it's one of the great frustrations is so many of us see our political activists operating by their feelings and their emotions. The, the passion's incredibly important. But it turns out math, politics is math. And I know that may sound like it takes some of the fun out of it. It's not meant to. It is math. And we have this really interesting opportunity. Last election, we had a really rough time. And, and I can show you from my own personal polling. And we did some really high-quality polling. Um, we were having Republicans all up and down. We're having a real tough time with suburban women. But we had Democrat men voting for us. We had populations voting for us that just were not part of our traditional coalition. Turns out politics is math. So in the last couple of segments, we've talked about we need to be skeptical of all the – and I'm going to use the term scam packs, the, the different groups that are trying to get your money and how little of that cash ever really goes to winning an election – moving voters, moving the cause, and also the discipline that if you're going to run for office or you're going to help someone run for office, it needs to be done just like as if you were starting your uh, a new business for yourself. You know, you, you're, you're smart. You understand here's my business plan. Here's the steps. You don't just do it because of your passion. Um, and this is where the math comes in. Think about Arizona. How many legislative seats? And remember, they're all going to change. In a couple months, we're going to see new district lines. And this is going to be our opportunity to get our act together and go from having a legislature with a single seat majority. Our congressional delegation that's dominated by Democrats. But the way we do that is we step up, we pull out a calculator. And say, this district is not winnable. The math is the math is the math. We're not going to spend a bunch of money there. This district is in play. We have a chance. But we need to recruit a candidate that when you do the research and the vetting um, and the history and the skills that we can get them across the finish line. It's not – sometimes it's not just – that we like someone, it's can they win. The other thing in Arizona is, remember, your legislative district, you elect two House members and one senator. If it's a swing district, if it's a slightly Democrat district, should we run just a single Republican for the House? But that requires discipline because you could have – because the Democrats have been doing this for years – where I remember down in the Awatuki area years ago, they would always run just a single House candidate. And even though at that time it was a majority Republican district, they kept taking one of the seats because they would, we would run two Republicans, they would run one Democrat, they would take one of the seats. They used math. 
They approached it as a professional. We have a better message. We have a such a, I, I believe, some great workers, but we need to start doing campaign schools and understanding. Here's the path to win, and by winning, I think we saved the republic. So we're back for maybe two more segments, and we're going to vet this discussion down a little bit more. It's David Schweikert. Hey, thanks for giving us some of your time. Well, I've been doing a bit more of a tirade instead of a conversation, but I really care about this. Our path to saving the country, saving the state, saving the, your school is, is often not standing outside protesting, though you do that if you, if, when, when you have a short fuse and you've got to make something happen quickly. But we've got to stop letting the left run away with these elections. And the way I'm going to describe this is for those of us who work on campaigns, help people, care, are involved in the system, I need you to become a bit of a pro. Um, and, and, and here's an example. If, if any of you have ever worked on someone's campaign, and I don't care if it's from the school board to U.S. Senate to president, and you're all sitting around the table and you're sharing ideas and thoughts – if you have someone over here who keeps saying, I feel this, I think this, um, you know, so the person who always wins always has a billboard here on this corner. And you have someone on the other side that says, hey, I did the research. Here's our precincts. Here's the math. Here's who contributes. Here's the votes we need from each of these. Go with the person who's giving you math. Feelings aren't facts. And in politics, I can't tell you how many pieces of mail, commercials, other things I've seen where it's, you can tell the consultant or the people around the candidate had a feeling and it turns out to be completely the wrong message. Uh, personal experience, a few years ago, um, look, I hold a certain record. I've beaten two incumbent members of the United States Congress in 18 months. In one of those races, we were just getting our heads kicked in by the Democrats. The teachers union had come in. They were dropping, I think, like 1.4 million every couple of weeks. It was just the commercials were just brutal. And we had an upheaval at the office, the, the campaign office, where we had so many wonderful volunteers and they were angry we weren't responding and they were angry we weren't responding. And then they were angrier we still hadn't responded. And we eventually had a union strike, which was amusing in a conservative campaign office. Um, and we eventually had to let them in on the joke. So we brought in the pollster and the consultant. And one early Saturday morning, we sat everyone down and said, we're doing this so you'll start working again. We've been tracking and polling. And the Democrats' message, they're beating the crap out of us. But it's not moving any votes. Why would you react to something that the polling and the tracking and the focus group tells you isn't moving any votes? It's math. And the crazy thing, it was actually getting us a few marginal votes because um, it, 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 the message was so off. If your opponent is doing stupid things, why help them? Why, why work to stop them? And, 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 and I 
politics often hurts your feelings. People are going to say nasty things about you. It's the job. It's what you signed up for. If you're going to help that friend run for the school board, if you're going to help your friend or you're going to do it yourself, run for town council, the legislature, get good at it. All campaigns, in the old days, we used to say all campaigns begin in a library. Today, we sort of say all campaigns begin with research. Do you know who contributes to that office? Who contributes and lives in your area? Do you actually know, is it mathematically winnable or is just just tilting at windmills? Because it's one of my intense frustrations. Um, We have a couple people you see on cable television. Um, beautiful, articulate, who, you know, one ran, I think, in Baltimore, um, raised millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and still lost by 30, 40 points. The election was never winnable. It was about having a smart, articulate person run and raise lots and lots of cash for their political consultant. And the political consultant now has a beautiful house and probably a boat and a, and a, and a car and all these other things. We got to stop being played for fools. Become a professional. Become a pro. If you're going to help can- candidates, if you're going to be a political club, bring in pollsters. Do campaign workshop. Talk about the demographics in the political area you're going to run. Who do you have to get? Who who do you not talk to? If I walk up to someone that's on the left. Are they ever voting for me? Can I have the most beautiful, brilliant argument? Are they, am I ever going to change them? Of course not. Do you remember that song, The Saints Come Marching In? We've always used that as an analogy of, you know, the saints are going to come. Your job is to go out and find the savables. Find the savables, bring, draw them in, and then the saints come marching through the gates. But the others, if you can't persuade them, if, if, if I walk up to you and you're a conservative— and I blast you with all sorts of Nancy Pelosi is brilliant. Biden is wonderful. If I gave you that sort of spiel, can I change you? Of course not. Then why do we think we can change someone that's already committed to the cause of being a leftist, a Democrat? What we're looking for is that individual, the one that's across the street from you, that's just trying to take care of their family. They're trying to do the right thing. They, they're coming home. They're watching Netflix. They're not coming home and watching the cable news. They, 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 they get in their truck or their car and they're listening to satellite radio. They're not listening to our conversation right now. We need to be knocking on their door. We don't need to be having another meeting with the saved. We need to be going out and finding the save a bull and bringing them into our ranks. And one of the ways you learn to do that is learn the skills. Um, Where this came to me is a few years ago, um, right about the time Donald Trump got elected, the Democrats were losing their minds. Do you remember, oh, Russia stole the election, this happened? Along with all the conspiratorial theories the Democrats had, they actually did something professional. They set up seminars all over the country. They had traveling trainers going around setting up, I guess, these resist groups or other things, teaching them, here's how you set up fake Internet accounts. 
here's how you set up your own personal troll farm. So, you know, here, go buy these five burner phones and you can be Ethel from Peoria, Susie from Scottsdale, this and that. And you can start to fill up people's social media. They trained how to attack conservatives. We need to train ourselves on how to defend ourselves and convince the persuadable that we need their help and we're the right place for them to go. So we'll be back for one last segment. This is David Schweikert. Thank you for your time. All right. Now I'm looking at Bill going, where did you find that one? That one's not part of my playlist. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's what I get for not knowing Rhapsody. Yeah, they did stump me. Um, It's David Schweikert. um, And uh, I want to say thank you. Um, Thank you to Seth for allowing me behind his microphone. Um, Thank you for Bill for letting me um, try to change his bumper music. Um, Particularly thank you for anyone out there who's been um, a glutton for punishment enough to spend a couple hours listening to us. But, you know, we've gone from everything from um, what was happening with the chaos of the Democrats spending their infrastructure deal, their policy through virtue signaling and feelings and how it's just ripping everything apart. Um, We got to spend some time with Jim Jordan, um, who I appreciate. He's been a very good friend um, to actually starting to talk through the greatest threats. And I, and I believe I truly believe the scale of the debt and the speed it is piling up is going to wipe out our republic. And the Democrats are perfectly happy with this because almost every time there's a crisis, well, every time there's a crisis, they gain in power. And that we actually have a path to prosperity, a path to freedom, a path to individual liberty. Um, but we've got to be smart about it. We've got to be willing to embrace technology that's a bit uncomfortable and disruptive. We've got to be willing to, to use math, use our calculators to just be smart about this. And then the last bit we talked about is – we got to stop being played politically. We got to stop the scam packs from stealing our money. The professional consultants out there that don't necessarily care as much about winning as getting a new Lexus, um, helping those people who are going to run do it properly, do it professionally, because the teachers union goes out and does training classes for school board candidates. The Democrats and the resist groups and the MoveOn.orgs do training classes and do data management and provide feet on the ground because we've lost the city of Scottsdale. We've um, so many – we control the state legislature by a single vote. We can't afford the left to gain any more power. There is a path for us to make a difference. And if you care about the issues, we got to win these elections. Thank you. Thank you again for everyone giving me some of your evening. And um, stay dry.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.